And welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast uh, with myself, Andrew Munt, Chief Executive of VSA Capital, and Phil Smith, our number one guru analyst. Phil, how are you doing? <laughs> thank you for that kind introduction. Very well, thank you, Andrew. I'm always in a good mood. Always good to get me in a good mood, uh, which is surprising, really, when you consider the state of the markets at the moment, uh, which are... They're doing obviously two things at the moment. They're obviously become, well, three things actually. They're, they're falling, which is causing a lot of pain. Um, they're very volatile. Uh, for those that watch the VIX index, which is a volatility index, it is above 30, which is exceptionally high. I feel much more comfortable when it's only running at around 10. It hasn't been down at that level for some time. But also the big story, of course, which really came out, I suppose, at the weekend, was this massive switch from growth to value. Uh, and I think a lot of the papers were using this chart of the the, the Barcher Hathaway chart against the ARC flagship innovation fund, which showed how one had, had dramatically outperformed the other uh, in the middle of last year. But it's all come all the way back down. And actually, it's sort of the hair and the tortoise and they're back where they started yeah. being equal. Um, but it really has hit quite a lot of the stocks that we talk about. Um, and uh, it's obviously hit a lot of investors, too. I, I don't know if you've got a, a view on that at all, Phil. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd be, you know, like I think like probably a lot of our, our listeners, I mean, I've been impacted looking at my set and particularly um, in some of the in some of the technology stocks. I mean, we we did, you know, we kind of talked about sort of inflationary risk and high, you know, stocks on high multiples being particularly kind of, kind of vulnerable. And we've seen a Nasdaq down 13 percent, S&P's down about about 9 percent. And so the thing to track sort of now is you know the sentiment having kicked in is the heart some of the hard facts um and that's looking at company results uh coming through the us um and what they're reporting and we're right in the middle of us reporting season right now um and so you know we might want to cover a few of those under if you want yeah we will and i think you know you sort of hit on hard facts as an interesting one because you know, as we go through the podcast and in previous podcasts, we've shown that a lot of tech stocks um, actually are still reporting earnings above expectations. So you could wonder why the hell are their share prices falling out of bed. But actually in transitional energy, um, there have been quite a lot of companies like, let's take Siemens Gamesa, which we talked about last week, but since then there's been another few others where actually they have given profits warnings. So um, there's a mixture actually. And of course, they all get thrown into the washing machine at the same time and tumble dried. Um, and so there are a lot of opportunities, I think, to pick up stocks which have been thrown out with the bathwater. I've used a lot of phrases there, haven't I, whatever. Um, but I'm, again, I'm sure we'll come on to that. Of course, the other issue we have at the moment is that we have quite a lot of geopolitical, big geopolitical risks all around the world, in particular with Russia and Ukraine, which is causing a lot of concerns. And of course, overnight, we had the Fed saying that they may well ramp up interest rates pretty aggressively, which has got everybody pretty scared. And I had breakfast this morning with a, a major fund manager, one of the biggest players in the small cap world, certainly. And uh, normally, you know, he's able to throw around, you know, 50 million here, 50 million there. And what he was saying to me was that, you know, last year, beginning of last year, he had huge inflows of money. What he's seeing at the moment is redemptions. You know, people are actually the asset allocators are taking money out of stock markets because of all this volatility, basically, and reallocating them elsewhere. And so he's getting money taken out of his fund, which means he has to sell stocks, which exaggerates the fools. And of course, means he has less money to play with when it comes to doing deals. Um, 
he would be delighted if any company just started doing share buybacks because that obviously helps potentially put the share price up and gives him money that he can then go and allocate elsewhere. Um, but it is a problem. It is a problem at the moment and markets are going to get tough because of that. Markets will be tough for some time, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that that that's a fact. And as I say, you, you, you know, it, it does come down to watching these results as they come through and see what companies are saying they're seeing on the ground. Because I, I guess, you know, one of the drivers of inflation has been energy costs. And certainly the current geopolitical situation doesn't have that. Coupled with it, you know, we've had supply issues um, across the board and then, and then potentially labour costs rising and inflation. So it's so it's, it, as I say, it's keeping your eye close on the news and looking looking for signs of some of these things, you know, actually reversing or easing up. Um, and you can only and, and, and often the big companies reporting are a damn good way to do that because they've they very often got sort of global exposure uh, to some of these uh, to some of these negative factors. Yeah, and look, I think you know one of the other things to just bear in mind is is when investing. You know, if you look at your your the value of your investments every day, you're you're probably not doing the right thing. Um, you know, you've only made a profit or loss when you sell. Um, always have a fairly long term outlook on any investment because you never know when things are going to change. Anyway, look, if you're listening to this, you probably know how to invest anyway. Don't no need to hear how I invest. <laughs> um, where should we take it from there, Phil? What would you like to discuss first? Um, well, we could. I'll tell you what. Why don't we just kick through the U.S. results, get some right. of those out of the way, and then that will lead us probably into yep. the into the rest of things. I mean, I, I saw Tesla um, had had their results. Uh, I think it was yesterday, actually. And and this is the, the, here's here's an example of you know what a fantastic growth company it's been. Um, and on a you know and on a what would normally be, appear to be quite a punchy valuation you know it's on an EV bit dial 51 times falling to 41 times with growth forecast at 25 percent so sort of sitting back uh, under normal market conditions you know you would look at that and say that, that that's pretty high but um, I was interested to see in their results that they had um, I mean it's, it's an astonishing company in the way that it's actually grown uh, over the years, but its sales were up 65% to 17.7 billion uh, over a year ago quarter. And you don't need to drive on the British roads to see the amount of Teslas uh, that are now on the roads. Um, and it said that uh, they'd earned uh, $2.3 billion per share. But interestingly enough, I think in their conference call, they'd highlighted that you know growth had been held back by supply chain issues. Um, and they were expecting those to continue uh, through the year, and also also rising costs. So that was that was quite interesting, you know, an interesting sort of indication on the supply side of things. Um, we also had a report through from Texas Instruments. Just uh, to go off Tesla, though, I, I, mean, yeah. I would point out, I, I hear what you say about this thing about supply chain issues. And initially, the stock did drop actually about five percent, but it then rallied to be up because what they also then said was that next year they expect to see growth of fifty percent. I mean, that is pretty serious growth. And uh, it was another interesting thing about Tesla. I was, I was listening to the radio this morning yeah. um, at about half past five in the morning, as one does. And, and the radio commentator was pointing out how his nine-year-old son's hero was Elon Musk. And he's like, you know, it's amazing, isn't it, that Tesla, CEO Tesla, is known by a nine-year-old child and knows that he makes Tesla cars. And he's, he's this nine-year-old child's hero. Now, I think it's helped a little bit because, of course, Elon Musk has been 
what it was immortalized, should we say, as Tony Stark in the um, superheroes Avengers films. And um, so that clearly has an impact on the younger generation. But it really does show how actually, you know, if, if Elon Musk was still doing PayPal, no one would have heard of him. Tesla, everybody knows him. He's also got a space rocket that was about to crash into the moon, and then everybody really will have heard of him. Anyway, enough <laughs> on that one. Move on to what you were saying about Texas. Yeah, I was just saying about uh, about uh, about Texas Instruments. Uh, so this is one of the large global semiconductor companies, um, and they reported their their quarterly results as well. Um, and they were saying that now remember, so they're they're a semiconductor component supplier. So this is where an issue. Uh, you know, an area of business where there's been strain in the supply chain in terms of supplies of chips. Uh, their quarterly revenue was up 19%, and they've seen strong demand in industrial, unsurprisingly, automotive markets where there have been chip shortages. So they will be, you know, seeing lots of orders coming from the automotive makers trying to get hold of those chips. But but in industrial, and industrial markets are very very broad. Um, you know, in terms of, sort of the, the electronics, the sectors they're in, you know, sort of manufacturing, chemicals, all the gas production, all sorts of areas industrial, but they'd seen strong demand there. So that's a good, that's always a good economic um, kind of indicator. They'd also said that uh, in terms of the market environment, um, said it's similar to reported 90 days ago. I lead times, the majority of our products remain stable. So it doesn't necessarily say that supplies are easing but it's staying you know the situation is unchanged so again that's quite a quite a good thing um and they had also pointed to um the communication equipment markets up 25 percent we previously talked about things like you know growth in 5g um and they said that enterprise systems compute systems such data data centers so that's in good growth there and if you look at so that, 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 that's quite an interesting one from the supply side of things. And then Microsoft, which will be in a lot of portfolios by default, you know, global portfolio, many global portfolios have got Microsoft in there and for, you know, for good reason. So they reported as well. Um, and um, I mean, Microsoft's results were, the revenue was up 20% from a year earlier. Now, so remembering last year, you know, the spend on cloud services with businesses and, and, and during shutdown, you know, high, high demand for cloud services and, and the very product we're using right now, Andrew, Teams, uh, to do this, uh, their net income was up by 21%. So, you know, it's quite a really, really strong set of results there for Microsoft. And it's trading on, I was just looking at the multiples on it. It's on 11 times sales, but more importantly, it's on 21 times EV bit dial, which, you know, given given the continued rates of growth for it, doesn't seem sort of overly unreasonable if you if you like, you know, and overly stretched. So I think I just think with some of these tech stories, you look at the growth that's coming through, uh, and the way the markets have moved. You know, it's not look at the fundamentals of the businesses seem to be very much still, you know, still there from what I've seen coming through so far. So yeah, possible. I mean, I think that's almost you know how we started the podcast is that you know the markets have changed dramatically. But actually, the outlook for companies hasn't, and the outlook for companies is still pretty positive. Uh, and uh, I think, as you say, the US results in general, you've highlighted three there, they're actually coming through um, pretty good. So let's not panic too much, guys, out there. And we probably should move on from US results, although there's one that's sort of quasi US, quasi UK, I wanted to point out. There's been quite a lot of chatter this week about ARM, 
and the chatter is saying what we said actually at the back end of last year. Admittedly, we our source to this was probably better than most other people's, but that's that's for us. Um, and that is that ARM almost certainly Nvidia won't buy it. Um, but what will happen is that they will refloat, hopefully in London. Um, sadly, although I was the advisor to the original ARM float, I have a feeling that I won't be the advisor to this this float. But the way what will happen is that many of the major players like uh, you know Qualcomm, Nvidia, TMSC will all take quite big minority stakes in it um, to get the float away, and so that and SoftBank will probably stay with a, a stake as well. So it'll have a, a structure like that, and that's where I think ARM will end up. Well, that'll be fantastic news for the UK markets if it lists here, Andrew. That'll be super. Hopefully it will, and I think it should. It obviously, you know, if you remember back into the 90s when we last floated them, uh, it started on NASDAQ and then dual listed in the UK. Um, but I think it's fair to say that UK then, to a large extent, became the major shareholder base, and so I would hope they would return that. But let's see. Anyway, uh, right, let's move on. Um, do you want to kick off? We probably should be running through some results. and things. There's yep. been actually a lot of news, isn't there? Uh, yeah, there has. Go on, do you want to do the... Do you on the well, I'll do the first one if you want, because I do want to pick it up. And this is our Tech Trans and Brands. Uh, but our little favourite, Samacans, uh, which obviously is has the is really a tech stock because it does this portal into China for brands. Uh, but on Monday, they announced they signed up FedEx as a partner. Um, and I think, you know, um, they've got SF Express and FedEx as their uh, preferred partners and vice versa. I mean, this is extraordinary, Phil. I mean, you know, many multi-billion pound companies would love to have just one of those as a partner. These guys got two. I mean, it, it's it's extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, this is just showing how brilliant their technology is, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, the, I think this got missed by the market, actually. Look, they are, yes, some account is a client of ours, but their, their software platform uh, helps Western brands to, um, you know, to ship into China. And it's and that understates what it does. It interconnects with the Chinese um, custom systems, government systems, the main e-commerce platforms in China um, uh, and logistics systems. So, you know, if you're a Western brand and wanted to get access to the market, they 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 are they really help companies to do that and and not surprisingly these massive I mean that's they've got two of the top ten global logistics companies now as partners who have actually approved their software. This is what gets missed here is that FedEx, um, you know, one of the largest in the world, second largest global logistics company, has run a ruler over their software and their platform, um, and is now and is now jointly going to be marketing their platform. As well, so FedEx's client base, which is uh, huge globally, so super, super opportunity for Samarkand. And I just think it got missed by the market, given all the news around. Yeah, I mean, just just to play a little bit of devil's advocate. By the way, I, I think what the company is doing longer term is just extraordinary, and, and how long they can stay independent is another question. Um, but they're a corporate client, so we shouldn't go near there. Um, but the only thing I would say is, of course, that trading with brands and China has not been easy in the last 12 months. And, and so one could imagine that uh, they found that little bit, the sort of growth rates that we were predicting at their IPO have probably been a bit lower just because trading with China in the current environment has been tough. 
Um, but we'll know more about that. They'll give a trading update probably in a couple of weeks' time or so. Uh, yeah. At the start of this week, just quickly, I mean, maybe you'd comment if you've got anything to say, but I noticed that Computer Centre, which we've talked a bit about before, they actually put out a, a very strong fourth quarter update and said they were ahead of expectations, uh, which is good. I don't know if you've got a comment on that one. Yeah, I thought that was really, really good. Um, they are, and here, here, look, look, take a look at these multiples. So this is on an EV revenue of 0.5 times. Um, and looks like it's EV bit of, of, of 13 times. So low multiples, 271 million pounds in cash, uh, 3.2 billion market cap. So what, what do they do? I mean, they, they, it supports managers information technology IT infrastructure and operations for its customers um, and all of those in business need these IT systems uh, including data center and, and, and security but they said that they finished the year with a really strong fourth quarter and ahead of their own expectations um, and they reckon they'd be making a profit before tax in excess of 250 million and that revenue for the group was up by 23 percent um so you know and and this i've got to say what impressed me is that you know as they, they said themselves growth is better in, in spite of headwinds from a strong pound and product supply shortages so they must, you know they also get a blue peter badge because it is their 17th year of uninterrupted earnings per share growth that's a quality business it is now moving on we're gonna have to rattle through because a lot of results uh, Carrero Network Security, you've talked a little bit about that. I see that they put out a trading statement uh, at the beginning of this week. EBITDA anticipated to be materially ahead of market expectations and a maiden profit. Yeah, yeah, they have. Well done them. Yeah, well done them. And also, actually, I note that one that actually I've always had a lot of caution about, but Myriad Advertising, which is sort of technology advertising, it's this placement in, in films, uh, always been very cautious about it um came out with some numbers it's they weren't great to be honest with you it's rather endorsing my point of view it's been quite a favorite with the the, the punters or the, the whatever you want to call it and actually one or two institutions um what i would say the stock has now pretty much collapsed and i am starting to wonder whether down at this level it becomes interesting again uh because everyone's now starting to say that they don't like it uh, I mean, everyone says they don't like it. That's when I start to get interested. So I also note that one. Uh -huh. Good. Did you see Ricardo as well? Other training update? No, I missed Ricardo. Oh, well, Tell us. Go. Tell us more. Right. Well, Ricardo, took us RCDO, uh, 270 million market cap. And they are, in fact, you did an interview with them uh, last year, Andrew, as strategic uh, engineering and environmental consultancy businesses. So they offer great expertise in engineering to those developing products, and they uh, operate across segments including energy environment, rail defence, performance products, and automotive is what they're best known for. Anyway, so trading update, they had said that they had traded in line with board's expectations. Well, we don't always know what they are, uh, but in terms of hard figures, they said the order intake was strong at £210 million and up 16%. Uh, on the prior six months. And for, for, for me, what sort of caught my eye was that they were starting to see um, some gradual recovery in their automotive business because that would have really held them back. They do a lot of work with automotive companies. Uh, the business with defence and the environment, 
uh, environmental companies, and not surprisingly, was doing very well. And this, in terms of multiples, is trading on an EV versus revenue of 0.9 times, an EV bit data of 6.7 times. Now, multiples will be a bit lower than sort of pure high tech. There's a lot of obviously engineering in this company, but it is at the end of the day, it's a consultancy business. But nonetheless, it does appear to be making very good, uh, very good progress, and it's on a it's on a peg ratio of 0.5 times, and that's the ratio of PE to earnings growth. So you've got PE of 10 and earnings growth of 20%, then it's a peg of, of 0.5, and you tend to look sometimes for pegs that are sub one. So I think that well, I thought Ricardo was looking very interesting. That, that does look good. It, it's it's actually it's looked good for a long time, and people just haven't really quite got to it. We should probably do a bit more work on that and try and understand it more and maybe see if we can help them a little bit because that is too cheap. One that caught my eye also and that seems to be making progress and we've talked again quite a bit about it is Lampro had an announcement this week. Um, it's one of our picks and shovel stocks where they said that they had won a, um, a, a very large contract uh, in the wind business and they define a very large contract as having a value in excess of $150 million dollars. That is a large contract. Um, that's that's a, a, a real game changer in my view. Uh, so well done, Lampro. And I think Lampro also is a stock that is looking way too cheap at the moment. Oh, yep. And another one quickly to try and squeeze one in is Sumero Enterprises. SOM is the ticker. There's just under 300 million market cap. Um, and they provide, we talked about this one before, it's laser guided tech. Uh, it's used in construction projects. And this is for laying the screen, uh, the concrete flooring, in, particularly in warehousing, retail and commercial. And they came out with a uh, trading update. And they're saying that um, they expect to come to report 2021 revenue. Uh, and the EBITDA and cash ahead of guidance provided back in the 7th of December. So a strong trading update and they're expecting revenue. I think it's a US-based company and someone will correct me, I'm sure if I'm wrong. Uh, but revenue $133 million, up 50% on 2020. And they're seeing a lot of activity in US and in construction. And that's ahead of their previous guidance. An EBITDA of 48 million. So crappy, they're making some quite, they must be making good margins on the business and cash of 42 million. So plenty of cash. And they said that, uh, yeah, it's North American revenues were up, uh, up 50% uh, from 2020. And Europe was up by 40%. Now, this stock is trading on an EV EBITDA of just eight times and a P of 13 times. So, yeah, looks very interesting volumes. You're picking out some interesting ones here. One that we probably should uh, talk about, actually, which had results today, was ITM Power, which, of course, has been a dying of the stock market, has taken a real hit along with everything else in the fuel cell industry um, because of this switch from growth to value. But, uh, Phil, I mean, look, ITM is a darling, and clearly it's got some really good partners, but revenue of 4.2 million and a loss of 12.9 million, is that a billion-dollar company? Well, it's just a case of, you know, how long does it stay that way in, in this market? But they are, you know, I did note, Andrew, their orders are, you know, the, the, the orders are rising. I mean, they, they are growing the business. Um, it is extremely well funded. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's one of a handful of, of, of large electrolyzer suppliers. So it's going to have a premium, but you've got to look at the, metri the fundamental metrics. Yeah. And the market is doing just that right now. 
I, look, I mean, I, ITM is here to stay. It's, it's actually been very successful. It's got great partners. Um, you know, to have Shell as one of your partners is you yeah. can't go wrong. So, look, I'm not knocking it at all. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, that you can see why a little bit of. And I, was it the um, Deliveroo founder, Will Shaw, who I think it was this week or the week before, was complaining that London didn't understand the value of technology stocks and everybody should list on NASDAQ. And he said that just before technology stocks collapsed 40%. Maybe London does understand it. Um, and NASDAQ got it wrong. You know, just throwing it out there. A uh, couple of other results I think worth mentioning, which maybe pick up. One we haven't really discussed, but actually I really like it. It's, um, uh, it's actually based down in Croydon. I've been down to see them. Uh, it's called Zoke Foams, and they, they actually make the, the foam inside shoes. And actually people who wear shoes with their foam run faster. Um, there's a big debate in the athletics world whether that's legal or not. I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, you know, you, you for instance, in rowing, they've changed the shape of the oar. And no one complains about that. And all sorts of sports. Formula One, they change the car the whole bloody time. So why shouldn't runners change their shoes? Yeah, what about um, golf? The club? Well, it, it's a great business, though, Foams, actually. Um, it really, really is. Uh, they reported trading's just in line with expectations. But it's certainly one that I just keep a little bit of an eye on. And then the other one, which um, we haven't talked too much on here, but I, I've known for a while, I'm afraid. I just have not been a believer in it. But that is Xerox Technologies, who, who make washing machines i mean not the washing machine that you and i think of but um basically it saves a lot of water by putting these sort of pellets and everything in uh they unfortunately um had a business update where things are falling short in revenue um this stock has absolutely collapsed um you know the results today they produce half a million pounds only of revenue um they'll publish their results at some stage they say they're a little bit delayed um it's it's not great. Um, although they have got some good technology, um, what can I say? We, we we've been very cautious on it, and correctly so. I mean, at some stage, at some stage, if they've got enough money to get through, it could be quite interesting. But it's too early to buy today. But maybe, maybe, maybe one to look in about twelve months' time or something. Okay. Well, let's keep an eye on that one. Uh, we should also mention, actually, Phil, uh, and sorry, I apologise since we're rattling through this, but it's pretty busy at the moment. Uh, we did an IPO this week in the technology sector. Hey, we did. Absolutely. Oh, we missed that. Go on, Andrew. Talk us through that. We, we floated on Aquis, uh, our favourite exchange. I wasn't paid to say that, I promise. Um, a company called Supersea, which is a uh, we have discussed on this podcast. So it's an early stage um, venture fund, basically looking at um, sort of AI and automation automation companies. God, I struggle to get that word out. Um, and you know, basically, there is some incredible growth opportunities down there. These guys know what they're doing, and there is just no way you'll be able to get an exposure to this part of ultra high growth area unless you go in through a fund like this. And normally you can't do it on a listed market. It's all done privately. So we floated this fund, Superseed. Um, you know, look, this is a long-term fund. You, you buy it and, and probably sell it in 10 years' time. So it's not a trading stock. Um, it, you are literally doing basically private equity sort, sort of investment. Um, but we think it's very interesting. And I'm sure that we'll be hearing more about this because I think the company will grow and possibly do secondary raisings in the future as they bring on funds two, three, four, five, six, or whatever. It's a very, very exciting space. But yeah, it's nice for us to get another IPO away. Um, they can still be done, even in this market. Um, um, now, so how's that? We've, we've rattled through a lot there, Phil. Uh, we have. Just on, just on Superseed, um, to point out, it is early. It's seed 
see the investment into into technology and i think primarily the uk and you know if markets for tech are volatile volatile it means that valuations are going to become more reasonable i would suspect so that could be a good opportunity for superseed when it's investing uh absolutely i mean there's looking at and down at the that their end of the market they are very early stage seed um money uh, the valuations are, are very, very different. And it's also about what value you can add to the company alongside your money. It's it's not all about just putting money in. It's, it's actually giving help to help these companies yeah. get going. And that's what these guys really can do, is they understand the industry. They've come out of the industry. They had a business and they sold it. Uh, so they can go in and help companies get going, help structure their boards, get them customers. I mean, you know, one of the things that people always forget, you can have the best damn product in the world, but if you don't sell it, it's pointless. Um, also, maybe just worth mentioning finally um, that we are we're doing uh, we have a, 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 a open to basically anybody uh, an investor presentation for Pressure Technologies on Monday evening in our offices. Come and have a glass of wine too. Um, it's a stock as I think most people know we like. It's hydrogen storage is the, is the name of the game. Um, but if you have got an interest in something like that, yep, do come along, listen to the company on Monday evening. Uh, contact us in advance um, and have a glass of wine at our offices. There we are. How can you resist? <laughs> it's difficult not to, isn't it? Um, on that note, like I say, I, once again, I apologise that we've run through this um, very rapidly. Uh, if people have got things they want us to talk about or comments or, you know, criticism, we're, we're very open to it all. Uh, we are just trying to do our best and to, you know, provide information, which comes for free, by the way. Um, to help people along with their investing and if you're a company listening you think we've got something a bit wrong you know do come and talk to us it's fine um we don't get everything 100 right all the time we are more than happy to say that we got it wrong and say sorry no can't say further than that on that note uh, i hope you all enjoyed it and we'll speak next week will do andrew look forward to it <laughs>